Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Welcome back to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, I am your host, Adam, and I am joined, sadly, one more time via video, uh, Mr. Jeremy Boucher. How you feeling, bud? Uh, good. Uh, this, uh, COVID, uh, it's my turn. Yeah. Um, you know, clearly our, um, our premier Blaine Higgs, AKA medical expert, um, was, was correct when he said that, uh, you know, everyone's probably going to get this thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, just happened to be my turn. I entered the uh, COVID protocol as the athletes and organizations <laughs> like to say, uh, on uh, Friday. So uh, I'm so far feeling extremely good. Uh, no, no issues. No, uh, I don't know. I just I, honestly, I, 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 I felt did feel great Thursday last Thursday night, and that was the worst I felt ever since. And it's just so weird. Like I didn't actually feel sick or anything like that. I was just extremely tired. Mm-hmm. Layla had all the tired symptoms and tested negative the whole time I had it, and then. Four days later, she got the positive, but it felt like she was just kind of right on the tail. Like she had had all the symptoms, was starting to recover, and then got it and and got yeah. the positive. And then like three days later, she was feeling absolutely fine. But so hopefully, yeah, no, just I don't, I don't know. Like it's I, I I usually test myself a few times a week, and you know, it was like last last Monday I tested myself, I was negative, and then that Thursday Thursday night is when I started feeling a little different and yep. i'm never i'm never sick so i i know when something's up um so i waited till the friday morning and that i got the the two lines like the second line was there before the first line was i'm yeah. like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> um but you know honestly i feel i feel fine uh i said it when when you were positive you know we're you know there's been people who've been in different situations than us and um you know we're kind of fortunate to f- to feel how we do, but, uh, it's also, you know, some people aren't as, aren't as lucky. So, um, we can't, uh, you know, as much as we laugh about it, we, you know, these, these, we're not, you know, we're not being serious. We, we take yeah. it, uh, we take the, the virus serious and, uh, you know, we just hope, uh, hope it comes to an end as, as quickly as possible. Yep. hundred percent. But what it has allowed you to do is, uh, if you needed to get caught up on, on big brother, uh, yes. I don't know if you're caught up, if we're live. Yeah. So uh, is Kevin still in the show? So Kevin is still there. and um, Yes. Yeah, you're right. I've been watching some live feeds. I, I, I spent the afternoon watching some live feeds, which is pretty neat. Um, don't usually get time to do that. So that was, that was interesting. Um, yeah, so Kevin's still around. Um, last week, it was uh, Gino. Was Gino was the uh, HOH? I believe it was Gino. And, um, so Herman was, uh, Herman was a Vic. No, was, no, sorry. Marty. Marty was the, um, Marty was the, from Petit Rocher. He was yeah. in HOH last week. So, um, Herman was evicted, um, uh, which was a bit of a surprise because I guess he was probably one of the, I thought he had a really good chance of winning. And I said last week, you know, if, if they don't get Marty out this week, um, I think he's got a good chance uh, of winning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, Gino won HOH this week. And, you know, Gino and Marty had a great relationship to start the game. 
and then it's ta- it's tailed off, right? They've been kind of uh, screwing each other over a lot recently. <laughs> uh, so Gino, his plan was to backdoor Marty so that Marty would be evicted this week. So right. he decided to put up Summer and Moose on the block. So Moose is my guy, right? Um, so when it came down to the veto competition, which of course is uh, spoilers for uh, those who are listening uh, Wednesday morning and, and Thursday morning. Yeah. So, um, so when it comes down to the veto competition, Marty's name wasn't picked. So for Gino, this was best case scenario uh, because that way Marty couldn't compete, Marty couldn't win, Marty couldn't take himself, you know, save himself for the week, right? Right. Um, and there was only one person who would possibly, you know, a, you know, keep the nominations the same, and it was Helena. And Helena has never won a competition yet to start the season. But guess who wins the veto? Helena. Helena. <laughs> so of course, Mar- Mar- uh, Gino's big master plan to backdoor Marty. Uh, is not happening because Helena won the power of veto and has decided to keep the nominations the same. Nice. So either uh, either Summer or, or Moose uh, will be leaving this week, and I do feel as if my guy will be going home. So um, for the guy who never wins and never watches Big Brother Canada, <laughs> your, your boy, your pick will be uh, in the show a lot longer than mine. <laughs> and that's uh, that's. That's the key is you just don't watch a single episode and you just randomly pick uh, a player and uh, and go for it. And I think my guy, I, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, finished third. So for not watching any of these, I'm getting pretty good at uh, getting someone to near close to the end. Um, Matt Singer was on Tuesday. Uh, we had Hydra, who was revealed as Penn and Teller. Um, right. I picked the three amigos, and there was – as soon as the guest, and I've kind of started to figure out, like, if they have a guest host, they generally know who it is. Like, they mm-hmm. they generally, if it's a one-off guest, uh, not like Joel McHale, who's been on for a few times. But, um, yeah, Hydra was, was Penn and Teller. Uh, the ATM was a teller. Um, and it, I recognized his voice near the end. And then when she said teller, I was like, oh, uh, yeah. But it was pretty funny how they're like, he doesn't talk ever. And, the, you know, teller doesn't talk. And blah, blah. I'm like, you guys realize he was the dad on Big Bang Theory, right? Like, he was Amy's dad. Like, he talked a whole lot. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm still going to stick with uh, Noah Cyrus for the Ringmaster. The the okay. clue was the guitar. I mean, obviously, her dad made a fortune with achy, breaky heart. Um, the lemur or the lemur was uh, was Christy Brinkley. Armadillo. Yeah. Armadillo and the, and the teddy bear. I believe the teddy bear is someone, um, an older, soulful female singer, mm-hmm. um, but I just can't pick who it is. So um, the one guest that I'm just kind of still sticking with is is my uh, Noah Cyrus. Hmm. Yeah, I've <laughs> obviously Ringmaster, very, very, very good singer. Yeah, um, wouldn't be surprised if they end up winning. Um, you know, I, I know I initially said Kelsey Ballerini, but I'm kind of going away from that. Um, well, considering she has COVID. Yeah. Although this this was probably filmed a long time ago, so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I I I, I don't know. Like I've 
they're actually doing a very good job with uh, with hiding these uh, these you know these these clues. Yeah, it, it's very very difficult. Um, I, I just I I it's I know it's a country singer. It's a female, very good singer. That's all I know. Um, I, I, I'm, I need a couple more weeks to have clues to, to put a name on this one. Well, we need a couple more weeks of actual clues. Like last week, there was like, here's the recap, a couple things, and then they sang this song, and here's their mega clue, a guitar. Mm-hmm. That helps no one. Like, all that did was, I, I mean. Yeah, I have no idea. I honestly have no idea who this is. Same thing with Miss Teddy. No idea who that is. No, I feel um, like it's an older, uh, like female soulful singer. Like, a, yeah. but but who? Because there's so many of them. I got like it's very tough, and I don't think that uh, what was it? Armadillo. I don't think that's a singer. I think that's an actor of some sort. Um, a lot of clues. Layla's pretty sure it's Chuck Norris. She keeps thinking it's Chuck Norris every time he kicks and stuff, and I'm just like, is he relevant enough to sing? Like. Mm. You know? I'm still sticking with Dog the Bounty Hunter. Yeah, because he does the kicks too. Yeah, um, on his uh, on his TV I'm show. So indoors. <laughs> I'm I'm sticking with that one. Yep. Well, uh, I mean, we'll find out one. Someone will be revealed. I think they got two being revealed tonight. So um, we'll find out who's headed to the uh, Mass Singer. It's either semifinals or finals with uh, with uh, what's her name, the Fly. The one that won last week, and I can't. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. It's Firefly. That's what it Firefly, is. Firefly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say butterfly, and I'm like that. That's not it. We already had a butterfly. So, um, don't forget, as always, you can follow us on Twitter, Monkton Wildcast, Instagram, Wildcast Podcast, TikTok. I had two of those this week, and uh, don't forget to like and subscribe on YouTube when we get back into YouTubing. And I hate technology, but it is what it is. We're trying to get on YouTube. Uh, no quick question, so we're gonna go straight to. News and notes from around the queue. News and notes from around the league. Some big news coming out of the queue uh, this week. Uh, article came out from Le Soil. Le Soil. Soleil. Le Soleil. Soleil, yes. Uh, article uh, Isabel Charay demands tougher rules. She basically wants fighting. Um, in a letter to the commissioner, she wants fighting to become. She wants Q to become a leader of a movement and change in culture and restore a positive image of Quebec and Canadian hockey. Sure. Um, she wants the rule changed two years ago where they gave a 10-minute misconduct that was added to the five-minute major, uh, but that was not enough. Now she wants uh, five minutes kicked out and a one-game suspension for a fight. Enough is enough. Um, yes, hockey has changed. Hockey is not... and. I, I hate the feeling that, you know, it's old man yelling at the clouds. Let these kids beat each other up. You know what? There is so much more egregious plays in hockey than just fighting. And like I had the tweet, these guys, when you're fighting, it's less dangerous because you, you are accepting and knowing you're going to get punched in the face. They already mm-hmm. keep the helmets on, which helps the, the, the head contact, but also ends up breaking fingers, knuckles, uh, has that possibility. Um, if they wait too long, the refs are, are getting into it. I mean, I understand it. I, I'm kind of glad we're away from the hockey and, and you probably saw more of these games in the queue growing up. Like the game gets to like six, one and there's seven brawls. Like nobody wants to see that anymore. And I'm not, when I say leave the fighting alone, I don't mean I want to go back to 
two guys on the face off, you know, like six, seven times, but there's hits from behind. There's the, uh, late blindside hit that are knocking these kids out with concussions. I mean, Loshing hasn't played since he took a hit up high. Uh, and it wasn't a blindside hit. He just took one up high. Um, it's just there. Like when I was growing up, when you got a hit from behind and I played goal. So I, when you got a hit from behind penalty, your game was done. Now you hit some from for someone from behind. And if they pop back up, well, it's two minutes for boarding. And that's, that's worse to me than a fight where you've agreed to let somebody punch you in the face or whatever. So, I mean, even in the NHL, Wayne Simmons and uh, Patrick Maroon each got a 10-minute misconduct for yapping on the bench because it looks bad on TV. Like, what are we even doing here? And I understand what she's trying to do, and th- we need to make this game the safest for everyone. But when when there's a fight, everyone stands up. No one is. No one sits down. No one doesn't want to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A fight, we've seen it here in Moncton. Goes both ways. It can it can take the momentum and be on your side. When Langlois had a fight earlier in the year, we ended up coming back against, I believe, Ramuski, or it can go against you when Nathan Casey took the fight down three nothing, and we ended up losing the hockey game. So there is an appetite for fighting, but just leave it alone. Like it, there is more wrong with the game from the blindside hits and the hitting from behind than there is with the actual fighting. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to agree. There's, you can like fighting is almost gone compared to twenty years ago, ten years ago. Yeah, there has been such a decrease in fighting um, in this league, and I, you know, I've I follow this league long enough to to know that, right? Like I, I, I remember when there was, uh, oh my god, how old was I? Twelve? Maybe I was twelve. Um, anyways, it was on Halloween night. Um, there was a game in Moncton against Valdor, and it was just a bench clearing brawl. Yeah. Um, and you never see bench clearing clearing brawls in the queue or the CHL for that matter. No. Um, line brawls are rare. Yeah. They still happen. Um, but I think fighting for me is, uh, can't just take fighting out of the game um it's part of the game if you're lucky you might see for every two games there might be one fight if that yeah there it's it's not like that senior league in quebec where it's you're literally paid to fight yeah or that that documentary that was on the uh, dansby thrashers yes the danbury trashers right it's like these are these are leagues where you were literally paid to fight yeah um like it's how it's funny because I wonder what Don Cherry would say if he was still on TV and he heard about that, right? He he would he would lose his mind. Oh yeah. Uh, and you know it's fighting is such a you know you you don't you don't pay to watch the fights, right? If there's a fight, the kids in the crowd are going to chant fight, fight, yeah. fight, fight. But those are the only ones that are going to chant it, right? You're not going to have a 45 year old man no. or, or woman start shaking their fist and demanding these players to fight um it's that's that's just the the child mentality that's that's what children are i guess saying that's what that's the first thing that comes to their mind when there's a fight is is, yeah. is for them to chant it it's 
it's almost a rarity in, in, in junior hockey now. Well, um, look at the, the game in Halifax against Quebec. Uh, the score is 13 to five for Quebec. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've got, you know, and this is nothing against those players, but they've got Zach LaRue. They've got Zach Beauregard. They've got guys that can mix it up. Not a single fight. Not, Not a single, a single fight, fight. Right? A game that's get out of hand. Yeah, a game that's thirteen five in two thousand one. You're mm-hmm. seeing at least three brawls and maybe, you know, six guys finish like five guys on the ice and six guys on the bench. Like mm-hmm. that game at seven eight to two, there was going to be some fights all over, and you're just mm-hmm. not seeing that. I mean, I found uh, Q fights or hockeyfights.com fighting major leaders this year. Riley Bezot five. Zach Beauregard at four. Zach LaRue's only got two. So, I mean, Zach LaRue had more in his first year here in Moncton than he has this year, right? So, mm-hmm. you just don't see it anymore. They need to clean up the hit from behind and the blinds. I would be more okay with a blindside hit that knocks a player out and you get five in a game for that. Or the hit from behind is a game misconduct. That will get rid of that crap. I think they're doing it perfectly right now. Just the accumulation of codes, right? Yeah. You're, if if you if you fight so many times, you're suspended for for X amount of games. Yeah, I think they're doing it the right way right now. There's I don't I don't see it. I don't see a need for for changing. Um, you know, if, if she wants to go and un unsanction the league, that's just a that's an a giant overstep. Yeah. Uh, for that would that would just be you know the Q would become the laughing stock of of you know junior hockey because. Yeah. You know, you, you, you can't just unsanction a league for, you know, for, for rules that they're basically already implementing themselves in a different way. That's... Yeah. Yeah. They've made a ton of, uh, emissions commissions. They've made a ton of leeway in, you know, five and now 10 minute misconduct. So it's just, it's, it's too much. Just stop it. Um, <laughs> The other, the other big news that came out of the tweet, it was a big rumor on the QMJHL. Uh, John Sebastian Blay, uh, follow him on Twitter, Kobe Blay. Uh, big rumor of the QMJHL this weekend. 20-year-old goalkeepers would no longer count in the three 20-year-old player allowed in the Corto circuit, which is the QMJHL. Uh, I admit that I would be in favor of such a rule given the development curve of goalies versus players. I, I don't, I'm not sure where I lean on this one um, because I think... This would definitely benefit Moncton right now because we could have made that trade. We'd have Bellamy, Kalmakoff, Lemieux, and Jake Stewart. So we'd have that that heart of of our team right now. But how does that help uh, Kiefer Thompson's development next year when we, if we bring a twenty that isn't guaranteed, like that can play? Like there's no he doesn't he doesn't factor into it. So you can every team should have a twenty year old goaltender on their team. So I, like I understand it. it it's I it helps the 20 year olds. And you, if you're a goaltender, you get that one extra year. You don't have to worry about it, but I just, I just don't know. I mean, you know, we talked what about a month ago on development here in Moncton. If you just look at Moncton's situation, if they're allowed to bring a 20 year old in, I, I don't see a scenario where they don't keep bringing a 20 year old in. And what does that do for, for younger development? It seems like every year this pops up as a rumor. Yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> If they were serious about it, it would already be something that's written in stone and and a rule that's across the league. But it's it pops up every year. 
Uh, I don't. I just. I don't. I don't see it ever, ever happening. Maybe. I mean, Would I can't you... say it'll never happen. It's just not something that's going to be in the next next few years. Like that's just. It's foolish. That's... Would you be a favor of a fourth twenty year old? Doesn't matter what you use. Forward, defense, goaltender. Doesn't matter what you use. But four instead of three. I like the three twenty rule. I think okay. it's. I think it's good because um, you can. I mean, if you want a twenty year old goalie take a 20 year old goalie you know yeah. if, but don't it's got to count towards the 20 year old limit um because if you look at it already if you're it doesn't happen very often but if you're a 20 year old euro mm-hmm. you're essentially taking two roster spots yeah exactly so i don't see it i don't see it being uh, no i just it's not going to happen next year won't happen the next year you know if it happens it might be in a couple of years but Still, even that, I'm not too. I'm not too concerned. You know, if it's if it's three if it's three years away, perfect. Because that's when Philion will be a 20 year old. Yeah. So yeah. If Works you're gonna out. start it, just start it in uh, <laughs> 2024, 2025, and I'll be happy. I think that too. Like that, that just can't be a Coom GHL thing. Like that no. has to be a, a across the CHL and the OHL, the WHL. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you can't Honestly, have four 20 year olds in the queue. You get to the Memorial Cup. And the other teams have three, and you've got that twenty-year-old goaltender plus three other twenty-year-olds. You just yeah. can't. It's got to be mean, a CHL thing. It's it's not something like it, let's say they do turn turn around and, and make it a rule. I don't think I don't think Richie's going to be like, oh, this is we, we need a twenty-year-old goalie. I don't think that's going to happen. No, right? If it's if it's a benefit, it's it will eventually benefit Moncton. Like it'll benefit Moncton in 2024, 2025, when Philly is a twenty. I think we can still have you know Loshing, Iasenza, Casey. Um, I always miss names, OJ, like the uh, 04 group where we can still get three of those guys plus Philia. That that's when, it, uh, that's when it will benefit Moncton. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't, I don't see a scenario where, you know, if it, if it comes as a rule next year, Richie's going to jump all over it and say, Oh, we need to do this. It's just, no, you can't, you've got your goalie, you know who you need to develop. Uh, and you know, just, just play your regular three, your three twenties and let Philia ride the, uh, you know, ride the crease and, and give him his playing time. Yeah, and that's why I, that's why I asked if you'd rather have the four twenty year olds. I think I'd rather have the fourth one as an option because I mean it allows, and I'm just using Moncton's scenario, it allows them to keep a Jake, which you know they lost the heart at after the trade deadline. It seemed in the locker room. Um, you know, even a Bernier, if Jake wasn't here, you got a little bit of speed mm-hmm. and a forward depth that you could really use right now with all these injuries. So that's where I think if it's going to be an extra 20, I'd rather just be a fourth across the CHL and allow to use a forward defenseman goaltender. Don't just limit it, um, to goaltenders and, and allow that 20 year old to be playing every, like allow it wherever, wherever it is. So, mm-hmm. um, I agree. So for our fans that are listening in PEI and St. John, your playoff packages are out. You should really jump on those ones because your team's likely going to make a run. Just saying. QMJHL Team of the Week, Kieran Craig from the Armada, three games, two goals, four assists. William Rouleau from the Saini, three games, three goals, four assists. Jordan Dume from the Mooseheads, three games, six goals, four assists. Amazing that guy wasn't a top prospect, eh? <laughs> <laughs> All he does is Half of those them. points were against us, weren't they not? I think so. <laughs> they weren't against Quebec. Um, defenseman Vincent Sevigny from St. John, three goals, two assists, three assists, two goals, three assists. Jacob Dion from the Voltageur, four goals, four games, zero goals, five assists. And Samuel Richard from Renderanda, two and one with a nine five two save percentage and a 1.3 
goals against average. So let's uh, let's get into the old weekly. Oh, let's find the button. Weekly rewind. Weekly rewind. All right, the Wildcats go two and one, and now are 25, 26, six and one for 57 points. That's us fifth in the Maritime, seventh in the East, which I just likely believe that's our spot to end the season. I don't think we're going to catch Halifax now that we took that L against them, and I don't really think we're going to be caught by Shakutami, but this road trip will determine a lot. Um, Tuesday, I didn't watch the game. It was a 3-2 overtime loss to the Islanders. Man, again, the Wildcats pushed the Islanders as far as they could. Um, Lemieux shut the door for, what, 40 minutes? Yeah, 40 minutes. Uh, St. Charlottetown just got the overtime victory, got the extra point. But Moncton now in two, the last two games against the Islanders have taken three out of four points against them. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't, you can't complain, right? That's, you, you almost need the, that's again, one of those, those, those points that they, they battled for. Um, and you know, you, you almost, they almost got it right. Like it yeah. was, it was a good 40 minute effort. Um, but in that second intermission, I think Charlottetown was like, you know, we can't lose this team again. Yeah. Uh, and they, they came out guns blazing, you know, they tied it up and then ended up winning it over time. But Hey, it is, um, well-deserved point, uh, a much needed point. Um, and, and they played really well. Uh, Lemieux seems to have found, um, you know, he's, he's almost, he's getting up for these big games, um, against the big teams, which, mm-hmm. you know, if he's getting himself jacked up for games against big teams, you know, that looks good for the playoffs, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, so that's that's obviously a very, very promising uh, outlook if you're if you're a Wildcats fan. You know, it's we're obviously, I know we're earlier this year, we, I think you and I both predicted that the Wildcats would, uh, would you know, come out of the first round. You know, when we do our predictions in, in a few weeks, we, we might have a, a different opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's 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 put it that way. Um, but, you know, if they can win a game uh, against a, against a top team, not sure who they're, who they're playing, but if they can at least win one game, it might be, uh, you know, it could be good for the, good for the team, good for the, the young players to get that experience. And, uh, but if, Hey, if he's going to start stealing some games down, down the stretch here, that's, those are going to be big points. And even if they're points, right. Yeah. Just get one, one point here and there, um, you know, get a win here and there. Uh, what do they got? Like ten games left in the season. Ten games left in the season. Yep. You know, if they can, if I know this is asking much, but in ten games, if they can get anywhere from eight to ten points, I'll be happy. Uh, that's let's just put it that way. You know, I think it's I think it's a bit of a stretch asking them to average one point, you know, per game to end, to end the season. But yeah, um, it's uh, I would be impressed if they can. Uh, I, I, I'll be happy if they can do that for, for the final final stretch here. And that's, you know, like like we talked about before the March final stretch, that was going to be the toughest stretch. This was going to, the, the, the schedule was going to just kind of open up a little bit. Not so much easier games, but different challenges against teams that are right in with you. Like mm-hmm. um, in the West, in the Eastern Conference, they're right in with us. Uh, they played Gatineau to finish the road trip and, uh, piece of news that i forgot the nominee for the marcel robert trophy uh for the scholastic player of the year goes to vince Filion, who ended up getting the victory against gatineau in a 4-3 uh 4-3 
goalie battle, if you will, but not a good one. Um, you know, I talked to the, uh, you know, once the rosters came out, I was talking to uh, Philion's billet, and I said, I believe tonight's the night. I believe tonight's the night he's going to get that W. Um, he ended up getting it. I truly believe he was still in the hockey game because they were playing Friday night. I think if, he, if they weren't playing Friday night, um, he might have been pulled for Jonathan Lemieux. Um, and he rewarded Dan LaCroix with with that decision because he was, what, three goals on eight shots in that first period. Now, it helped out that uh, Depati was two goals on four shots and then three goals on six shots. And, again, if they didn't have an – if Eve Gascon was backing up, we might have saw her go in there. But uh, it was just not a good – goalie coach type game but you know what Moncton got guaranteed at least a split against Gatineau they played last night we don't know the score as as we were or the, as we recorded but they at least guaranteed themselves a split against Gatineau and I thought they played pretty well for 50 minutes against Gatineau it was another good game right it's it's another game where you know you, you went in there as a as a fan and you see Gatineau one of the top teams in the league and uh you know just you come out with a win, and I think did Gatineau. I don't even know if they got a. Did they score on any of their of their power play chances? I think I no. Saw they went over two. Marty left. Oh, here nope. we go. Oh. Stupid, uh... <laughs> no, they went. Uh, they went over two. Over two, yeah. yeah. So, um, and you know, Moncton got uh, that last goal, but the game-winning goal was power play goal. So you know, last the uh, last week we were pretty tough on this team. I was. I actually got some messages of people who were saying that they were disappointed at how tough I was on the team last week on the show. Uh, and, really? Uh, yeah. And I was like, well, you know what? That's that's part of the podcast, right? Yeah. We, we speak our minds and, you know, we're not going to go in. in uh, we're not going to fluff a power play that's 0 for 20. We're not going to fluff this team up, right? We're, no. We're, we're going to speak our minds. And, um, you know, for a team that, you know, I was pretty – ticked off at last week you know more or less because of that game against Cape Breton yeah uh you know they seem to rebound and I think it's uh, they they came out with what three out of a possible six points is that what it was because they they got the point against Charlottetown they got two points against Gatineau and then they lost to Halifax so yeah they, know, they went uh they went one 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 and one on that four game homestand so they got yeah so I think it's it, to me I think that's pretty good and yeah um, yeah, I, like I was, yeah, I was tough on them last week, but you know, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll give them the credit this week. They, they got some points against some teams that they, you know, shouldn't have gotten points. And I thought maybe last week I, I thought maybe they're destined for, for, you know, the lottery position, but maybe they're, maybe, you know, if they don't get in the lottery, it's going to be by a point or two. And, yeah. uh, we're going to look back at some of these games and say, well, it was because of this game that uh, that they're not in that spot, or yeah, and you know it's um, it's it's going to be close because you look at that schedule. I know we're kind of getting of uh, off track here, but you look at that schedule for you know the Shakutami schedule, the the Ru- the Ruin Aranda schedule. A lot of these games are against each other, mm-hmm. right? Um, so you know it's. <laughs> If these are three point games, that's not very good for Moncton. No, exactly. Right? If, if you're a, if you're a Shakutami against Runaranda and they they go to overtime or shootout, that's not good. No. Um. So really, you're like, oh crap! Well, you know, like last week I was saying, well, hope that 
Valdor loses, so they start to drop. But you know, who do we hope loses now? Like there's Chikutami, only five I would teams think. that you could be like, oh, they better lose, they better lose, they better lose. But yeah, playing against each other, so it's tough to. It, it, it's tough. So Moncton really needs to to get some points down the stretch here in the final ten, and yeah, uh, they they started last. They did they did good this week and um last week i should say and, and i saw denis did a, a poll about how many points they you know the fans would get on the on the four game road trip and i was nice you know i, I said i said three to four yeah i said three to four too i said because i went you know you're looking at the road trip i said nah, i'm gonna go they'll get two against blaineville and then uh I think I gave him a point against uh, like a tie, uh, at least getting overtime against like a Ramuski on that final mm-hmm. final game. But um, yeah, I mean, I first I, I got a few messages on your uh, voicing of the power play, but not in the fact that you were negative. Just the way from my comment of why are you talking like that when you're like, I'm wondering why. They're doing. I got a lot of that because uh, I thought that was. I thought that was awesome. But I mean, really, we've said it from day one. We are the voice of the fan listeners. They're all thinking it. How can you fluff off a power play that goes zero for twenty? Like, oh, they made good passes on the power play when they were trying to get it. You can't. I mean, they've scored a power play in three straight games now since mm-hmm. we had that. Since we, so I'm not saying. I'm just saying they've scoring power play goals. Mercier was scoring goals when he was a walkout of the week. So, I mean, they're at 23% in these last three games. One for five, one for five, one for three. doesn't look great until you do the percentage at 23%. But they've scored a power play goal in each of these games. And then to finish it up, uh, they went into Halifax on Friday. Never – this team just just has not been a, uh, a good team on back-to-backs. Um, actually, before we get to that one, I, I was just so happy for Philion to get a win against somebody other than uh, Cape Breton. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I thought he played really well. I thought he battled the whole time, made a, a big sliding save, made a big glove save. I'm not sure he got the one on Sam Savoie late. That was a wide open net. I think that hit somebody in front of the net, but um, you know, if, if it's just good to see him battle through and, and kind of get somebody other than Cape Breton and, and that team in Gatineau, that's going to be a good team for, for that's how you build a team through the draft. They are, they are built well. They come at you in waves. They have, they have depth. Uh, Moncton goes into Halifax, um, up one nothing, feeling good, and then felt like they could get away with one shot against twenty seven. And I'm not sure what happened there. I kind of flipped it off after a while because I just I was getting I was getting annoyed with it. But you know what? They battled in that third period. They out they outscored him in the third period two to one. Um, they didn't give up. Alexi Daniel had two goals. So. Another loss against Halifax, but it wasn't a loss that they they rolled over. They continued yeah. to fight and and at least put a little bit of fear um, in the Mooseheads up five. You know, you're up five one. Now you're at five two. Now you're at five three with half a third period to go. Well, maybe if if something goes the right way, it's five four. But ultimately, they couldn't find the next one. But um, this was kind of a big one in the standings. And I and I said last week they had to have it if they wanted a chance at catching. Halifax, who's now won, I think, five of six. So it's going to be awfully tough. So I think Moncton's kind of at that seventh and hoping they can hang on to that seventh seed. That's pretty much where I was going with it. Um, I, I said last week that they didn't have a chance to, to catch Halifax. So um, this this game was basically 
if if any uh, any chance yeah. would have been you know come out with this, yeah, they would have had to win this game and then the either the second or third final home game, I think. But uh, it's it's not going to happen, so we're we're pretty much where we are um, in in the Maritimes division. Uh, yeah, we got the got the early goal, and then it was just. You know, <laughs> yeah. that was you can't you can't win games with one shot on goal in the second period, no. and then you know that's twenty seven for Halifax. Yeah, like twenty eight shots t- total in the second period, and and you're getting only one. Is that's you can't win games that way, and and no, usually it's the third period, but they went back old school and went uh, went and stopped playing in the second. Yeah, yeah. So, but this game was just it was out of hand. Uh, poor Halifax. I think they used all their energy in this game for some reason <laughs> yeah. instead of saving it for the next night against Hel- against Quebec. Yeah. Um, and they just got absolutely spanked. So um, that's that's on them. Uh, they should have, you know, took the foot off the gas a little bit in this game and saved themselves for for the for the night after. But uh, they decided to, well, we'll just put the nuts to Moncton and uh, get ourselves embarrassed the next night on. Uh, on D&D Appreciation Night. Yeah. Uh, so. No. Exactly. <laughs> that's, uh, that's basically the stuff. It was nice to get a couple goals in the third to make it interesting. And, you know, the final 30 seconds of that game, there was a few, you know, scrambles in front of the net. So, um, you know, it, that uh, it, it sucks it was a, uh, it, it sucks it wasn't a, a one-goal game because mm-hmm. if it was a one-goal game and there was that goal mouth, goal mouth scramble towards the end, it would have been more interesting. Who but, knows, yeah. You know, once you're, um, once you once you get uh, a couple chances and the puck was out of the zone with 17 seconds left and you're down by two, there's not much of a, a shot left. So it's, uh, you know, they came, they, they started strong, they ended strong. It's just that uh, middle part that, that middle, they yeah. uh, left out. Yep, so now the... Uh... The Wildcats head on on a four-game road trip. Uh, Gatineau last night, Blaineville tonight, and then Quebec and Ramouski, which Quebec is basically a first-round preview. Um, I mean, it's going to be Charlottetown, Quebec, back and forth. I don't think that Moncton – I mean, there's six points up on, on Chicoutimi right now. Um, I mean, never say never. They might get caught depending how these three three-point games go with Randa. But uh, I just feel like Moncton's going to be sitting in seventh when we get into the playoffs. Oh, geez, three weeks from now, and we should be wrapping this up this weekend, like every other, like the other two leagues. But um, and that's not just because I don't want to play Charlottetown, St. John, Halifax, and St. John again. But um, we should be wrapping up. But um, yeah, I, like you said with Denise, Denise Sweet. I mean, three out of four points doesn't seem like it's out of the question. I think they, they have a chance to get the two points tonight against Blainville. Um, I would believe Lemieux is going to go yesterday, which means Philion probably will go tonight against Blainville. Um, and then, I mean, Ramuski is one of the hottest teams in the league. So you're just hoping to get points against Quebec and against Ramuski or at least be in it. Yeah. I, I don't know what's up with Ramuski. They, they seem to be in over their heads. Um, they just don't seem like they're like the Moncton of last year, right? Where they're right. just winning games they shouldn't be winning. Um, so <laughs> hopefully we can kind of catch them on a or on, kind of the Moncton game. Moncton of the first half beating the Shawinigans, standing with Sherbrooke, yeah, uh, Charlottetown, like. Because to me, if you look at Ramuski's roster, like it's 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 not much, right? <laughs> Isn't that the it's, one in preseason where you're like, who, who, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
They're getting it's the goaltending. It's it's not much, and it's it's it. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's almost like they're the Moncton of last season, yeah. where they're beating teams that they that they shouldn't be beating. Um, they're overachieving. They're probably going to end up getting first round, you know, home ice in the first round and and, and get eliminated. Yeah. Right. It, it's it's. I just think they're in over their heads right now. They're overachieving and i have a i have a feeling i have a very good feeling then moncton's going to go in there and just put the nuts to him that's just it there's not very many games that i look at the schedule and i think okay well this is going to be for the fourth game in five in in five game five days for moncton they're going to be tired just empty the tank and and go out there and get two points i just i feel of all the four games, mm-hmm. that's the game I feel the most confident in. Yeah, and that's I kind of am am with you a little bit. I mean, Moncton beat Ramuski uh, earlier in the year four three in the shootout, so that was the I believe that was the Langwall game that he got in the fight to come back. Um, Moncton beat Blaineville seven six in overtime. That one was that was the OJ one. Um, that was just a back and forth. You score two, we'll score two. You score two, we'll score two. Uh, and then Moncton beat Quebec earlier in the year four two, mm-hmm. so I mean they've beaten three, they've beaten all four of these teams. The big difference is they beat all four of them at home. And yeah. I mean, does 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 Blaineville start Sheehan? Because if they start Sheehan, we we we've got if there's a team that got that has the book on Sheehan, it's Moncton. Yep. Right. Um. So it's um. You know, there's we can look at we can look at this uh the Gatineau game. We can say, okay, well. They're going to be rested. Yeah, they're not going to be healthy uh, because Labelle is not going to be playing. Even, I don't able. think he made the trip. No. Loshing is day to day. You know, there's, there's, it's, it's going to be one of those. They're going to have to grind it out. Um, you know, you're probably going to see Kluche on a top line. Uh, Oja's out the year. Pilot's out the rest of the year. Grenier's day to day. David Matthews is is out a couple weeks. Uh, so they're, you know what? They're hanging on. They're hanging on. Which is the stupid schedule. That's, yeah. that's, I guarantee it. That's causing these injuries. Which let's be, uh, let's be real. As much as we want the schedule to end this Sunday, it's probably a good thing it doesn't. So we can at least get healthy, a little bit more healthy and get guys back. But it would be. It's too bad that Byerjan is lighting it up in the and still in the playoffs because it would be a nice little depth addition to sprinkle him in, give him a little bit of the way he's scoring, and it might not translate to the next level, but um, the way he's scoring, be nice to see him. But yeah, you're 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 bang on. They're just uh, had played against Baycomo their last game on Sunday, so it'd be interesting to see if he plays tonight um, or if they go with Gravel. But yeah, I mean, you got 10, 10 games left until the playoffs. I'm kind of with you. I mean, six to eight points is kind of where I put this team, you know, two to three would be very disappointing when you're trying to not only stay out of a, a lottery position, but you're trying to, uh, trying to stay afloat. You do not want to back into the playoffs as the, from third in the conference to eighth and just barely get in. Um, and then, you know, play Charlottetown in, in round one. Cause I feel like they're going to end up the first team, but you don't want to go into the, into the playoffs with two points in your back pocket in the final 10 games of the season. So, um, absolutely not. No, no. And it'll be interesting. You know, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but you know, 
you watch the uh, I watched the Oilers Avs game on on Saturday night, and they talked about what do you do in the playoffs with the Oilers goaltending? Both play, guys are playing well. Are you going one 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 one? And that's kind of what Moncton's done. Are you going one one one, or is the final week of the season going to determine which one of these goalies is going to go? Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, Lemieux's played well. He's up for bigger games. There's no bigger games in the playoffs, right? So, but at some point, you gotta you gotta get Philly on ready for next season. So, it... yeah, and you can't like Philly on didn't play any playoff last year. They, he didn't play any of the uh, New Brunswick tournament. Uh, New Brunswick tournament, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think he did. So he's got no playoff experience. You got to get this guy into some playoff games. Um, so you know if they if if the Wildcats go the whole midget midget route and they go bam 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 like that, you know they they swap spots. I'm happy with that. Yep. Billion needs playoff experience. Yeah. Um, because it's know, a different you can't game. Just th- throw him into it next season because yeah. you know the, the the team he needs a he needs playoff games. So just get him. He, he needs to play at least at least one of them. Yeah. Yeah, you can't exactly in a, in a year where we're a little bit better, maybe contending to for a division. Our goaltender hasn't seen a single minute of playoff hockey, which mm-hmm. is a completely different animal than uh, than regular season. But um, are you ready for everyone's favorite part of the show? I am. Eric Murray, realtor, buy a house from him. Stick tap of the week. All right. So um, big weekend uh, last weekend for for hockey. In uh, in Moncton, there was uh, hockey New Brunswick provincials. Uh, so the the stick tap uh, will be uh, to the you know the the teams in Moncton that dominated these uh, th- this tournament. So mm-hmm. you, you get to start with the uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to call it Bantam because I I just I can't I can't call it <laughs> under 15. I'm yeah. sorry, it's Bantam. Um, the New Brunswick Bantam AAA Championship was the Dieppe Flyers against the Moncton Hawks, right? Like you're. Uh, these, these are the teams, these are the guys that are going to go play for the Flyers next season in midget. Um, and so that's, I mean, to have the New Brunswick Bantam AAA championship between two Moncton teams, that's, that looks good for the, um, for the Flyers. And then you got to look at, I mean, not just that, like it's, I think the minor, the minor division, the Moncton Thunderbirds won the minor division. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you look at like under 15, which I think was the, this would be the minor uh, minor Bantam, uh, Moncton Scorpions won the New Brunswick Provincial Championship against the, I think another team from Moncton. They're called <laughs> the East Phantoms against the East Scorpions. So I'm assuming it's a Moncton team. Um, and then Pee Wee was the Beavers won <laughs> uh, the championship. Literally, this it was a Moncton sweep of these games, um, and uh, even the Beavers. The provincial final was against the Riverview Blues. I mean, you're literally like all these championship games were against were Moncton teams against Moncton, you know, Moncton teams, and yeah. um, that's you know it, it's it's amazing to see the development uh, that's that's happening in this this part of the country and uh, country, sorry, province, um, and it just it's it's such a bright future for for not only you know the Flyers, but you know these kids that probably are going to grow up and, and they're going to be going to Wildcats games. And some of them are probably going to be playing for the Wildcats. So it's going to mm-hmm. be like they're, you know, it's it, it, incredible hockey. Uh, so, you know, congratulations to the winners, uh, to not even just the winners, but the, you know, the, the, the round, their runner ups as well. Like it's um, to be able to, you're probably playing against your friends, yeah, right. Some of your, some of your best friends in these games too. And 
um, you know, you're, you're probably going to school this week and, you know, you get, you, you get all your chirps ready and stuff like that. But, <laughs> yeah. um, honestly, I was, I was impressed when I saw it was all Moncton teams in the finals. I was, I, you know, that looks really good for, um, for, for the sport, you know, in this, uh, this part of the province. So, uh, I wanted to take this time just to kind of shout out to those, uh, to all the teams that, uh, competed and, uh, it's not done there. We got the flyers that are six points to one you uh-huh. know that's that's best point best first to eight and that's you know that could be uh that could be done tonight as uh you know it's monday night and they're in st john against the vetoes and yeah um so that could be over as well so we, we could have literally every team from u13 up to u18s as champions in moncton that's crazy uh that's almost unheard of that's that's pretty looks pretty good for for hockey in the in the southeast area of, of new brunswick so you can almost put a meme you get a championship berth and you get a championship berth and you get a championship berth yeah so it, it and it's i mean hey if i'm gonna get if we're gonna shout out the mountain flyers i gotta get a shout out to their color commentator adam lund yes uh, you know it's uh <laughs> this guy this guy getting behind the mic and, and calling some hockey i was i was more than impressed with uh you know, the, I think if, if I was if I was disappointed, it was your lack of quotes used from dodgeball. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, there's 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 always an opportunity to use some dodgeball. Yeah, quotes, there but, is. Um, no, honestly, between you and Mike, you guys make a great team. And yeah, uh, I was, you know, watching uh, instead of watching the, the Wildcats, I was watching the Flyers just uh, just to listen to you too, because uh, you make uh, you actually sounded like you were really good together. You were like a um like the voice like it's it's kind of like the perfect the perfect mix right of uh of hockey knowledge so it was uh it was it was fun to watch and i'm glad that they uh the flyers brought you back for uh for a second uh a second time and i don't know you, you, it might be there what is it tuesday night or wednesday night yeah tuesday yeah. night i might be there yeah absolutely uh there which you if you're so, listening to this uh, i might have been there last night so thanks for joining us but uh yeah it was it was nerve-wracking the first game uh, the first period, I was just, I didn't really, like, I just kept it as simple as I could because I didn't didn't want to speak too fast, didn't want to speak too clearly, didn't want to sound stupid. Um, and then I could, you could just feel yourself becoming more and more uh, comfortable, and it, it was really fun to do. And it's just such good hockey to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a different way to watch hockey than sitting in the stands kind of just paying attention to it as opposed to actually calling a color game and, uh, and um having to remember the worst is having to remember what's happened without replays on the goal yes. is to try and yeah. try to remember that. So, uh, but yeah, to, you seriously need to pay attention. You can't be yeah. looking down at your phone and no, you can't even be looking at stats. Right? Like, you can't be swiping left or swiping right or, <laughs> or going through your Instagram no. stories. You, you got to be paying attention. Yeah. So you guys did a, you did a, f- a phenomenal job. I'll, I'll tell you that. Thanks man. And uh, yeah, thanks to the, uh, the flyers and to Mike Sanderson for giving me the opportunity. Um, just to, quick stick tap honorary one that I want to give uh, my just found this out today my hairdresser Megan Hudson um, she was uh, diagnosed with infiltrating ductal carinomia breast cancer um, in her lymph nodes she'll be facing a lengthy battle she's two small children she's got her own hair and point business um, that she makes me look so good on the YouTube um, week in and week out so uh, there's a GoFundMe uh, GoFundMe.com slash fundraiser for Megan Hudson uh, it was made by Carrie Rushton and Krista Nielsen. So if you have a chance to to donate to that, um, cancer sucks. So uh, if there's a chance that you're able to donate, please do because, uh, yeah, cancer sucks. And 
it's just tough when you got a small family. So those are our stick taps. The stick tap of the week sponsored by Eric Murray Real Estate with the Remax Avante team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the greater Moncton or surrounding area, make sure to check him out on social media or give him a call at 506-863-8802. For those that can't see, Jeremy's got a duck. <laughs> I'm guessing it's uh, it's Iggy's toy, but uh, that brings us to the Rosemaryland Massage Wildcats Wildcat of the Week. Rosemaryland is back for another season right now. Angelina and Nicole are accepting new clients, and they direct bill. Just give them a call, 506-830-1224, or go to our Instagram, rosemary underscore lynn underscore massage. They usually have stories where they've got... Uh, They've got an opportunity and a, an appointment that they can uh, squeeze you in and get a get a massage there. So the Wildcast Wildcat goes to a player that, uh, you know, has taken some time to get used to uh, getting going. Um, he's had some stretches where he's had some good play, some tough play, and uh, got an opportunity on the power play here the last six or seven games. Um, even yourself asking why he's on the power play. He ends up standing in front of the net, putting the puck in the net, and... Uh, you know, he had a stretch last month where he had three goals in three games. Uh, this week he had uh, a goal and an assist in in the three games, including one against Gatineau. So your Moncton Wildcast Wildcat of the Week is number 15, Matias Kluche. That's going to do it for us on this episode. Jeremy, I hope you're back in the studio next season. Next season? And next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was reading we'll something else. I was we'll reading about, something we'll here. I'll next season, but I'll, I'll be there next no, week. No, you'll be here next season and next week. Uh, no, I hope you're going to be back as we get into the conclusion of the regular season and into the playoffs. Speaking of which, you know what? We're going to try and secure a venue for our fan isters to join us for playoff viewing parties again. Uh, we did it for Game 7. It was so much fun. Uh, just you, me, and 65 of our closest friends. Um including an unsanctioned wild willy. Um, but yeah, we're going to try and put something together. So stay tuned to the show um, because it, why not? It's an, ex- it's an excuse to get out an excuse to watch the team, have some drinks with some friends and uh, just enjoy everyone's company. But uh, Jeremy, I want you to enjoy your Easter weekend. Yes. Got anything planned? Uh, hopefully I'm still the only person that's positive in my household. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, if, if if so, there's seriously something wrong. Um, but uh, so far, I am the only one. Uh, if that continues to be the case, you know, there's going to be some uh, some ham dinners going on and some scalloped potatoes in the oven. And is Avery still in the room? No, she's gone. So she's, uh, she. I, I kicked her out before we started recording. So, so what? Uh, you got the plans? A lot of chocolate, a bike, a frisbee, a new car. Like, what is the? What is the Easter plan for, or do you do you do a lot of Easter? Because it's weird how everything, you know, kids used to get the Christmas gifts, and Christmas was the big one, and Easter was like some eggs and some chocolate and a bunny and a book. And now kids are getting skateboards and iPad. Like, Easter is the second Christmas. It's like, why? Yeah, I, I really don't understand that. Um, yeah, okay. It's, it's like, we don't do gifts for Easter. We do chocolate. That's yeah. like straight up chocolate. Um, in Alberta, you guys have grading presents. No, you guys, you guys didn't get grading presents like when you went from like grade one to grade two. You didn't get a present from your parents. No, they were just lucky. I was going from grade one to grade two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so here, no, we Brunswick, didn't. We didn't get we anything this, like that. We have things called grading presents. So the kids. What? Uh, this was I. I got grading presents. You know when I was going to school. So 
um, yeah, grading presents are, are the thing or something around here. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so she'll be getting probably, uh, a new bike, um, for, for grading, or, uh, I might be looking into like roller blades to see if she can start getting some skating habits. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Well, Does that mean uh, you're going to get a pair of roller blades too? Cause here's what I, I'm thinking. You I, get rollerblades. Not embarrass myself. But here's uh, what I'm thinking. You get rollerblades. You practice in the summer. Practice on the ice in the winter, and we can be the flag kids at a home game next year, and we can come out with those flags. I'm ch- like that's what I'm thinking. So if if I'm if if you're gonna put me on skates, you're gonna put me on skates and like have me holding on to the rope as like wild Willie drives his four wheeler on the ice. Yeah. Now, if you want intermission entertainment, yeah, that's and it. You want to see like me, like the Luis Mendoza and not know how to stop <laughs> and crash into the glass. You're, you're the flag kid that has the flag holding onto the glass and the boards with one yeah. hand and, and flipping the flag with the other. Give me the flag in one hand. I'll hold onto a rope with another while Willie can drive out on the four wheeler and the fans will watch me crash into the glass, <laughs> a la Luis Mendoza. Yeah. No. So, um, that's there. You go. If the Wildcats are looking for something to do next year, there's your suggestion. Hi, I'm Jeremy Boucher, and this is Jackass. <laughs> 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 All right, man. You have a good. Uh, you have a good Easter, and uh, same to everyone for listening. Thanks for supporting. Happy Easter, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast. Thank you.